Let's talk about toxic relationships, baby. Let's talk about you and me, or more accurately, me and our guest this week, comedian Leah Lamar. I have felt love at first sight before, but now what I realize, it was just... Familiarity at first sight. Chaos. Familiarity the of my childhood dynamic I had with my dad and the family dynamic that I had. And it was... Uh, butterflies to me are toxic now. That that feeling of adrenaline and that rush of insane uh, energy is actually me going into fight or flight. And that's how I felt in my childhood home. Fight or flight. That's not safety. And every single one of those guys that I had love at first sight with just absolutely destroyed me. Destroyed me. I almost think that even from the first guy I dated, every guy after that has just been a Band-Aid on top of that guy. And it was like, time to rip the Band-Aids off, let that heal, and then date someone who's not going to wound you. That was a bar, you know it. Honestly, I just sat here and I was like, damn, that's a clip. Um... (laughs) So how does one fix their desire for relationships with people that will inevitably become broken? And furthermore, how does that same kind of person stop themselves from aligning healthy with boring? And that's what we're talking about on this episode of Lovers and Friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, Lovers and Friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to the podcast called The Same Damn Thing I Just Said. My name is Shan Boudram. I'm a public-facing sex and relationship expert. And about 10 years ago, I was one of those experts who could talk a good talk, but it definitely wasn't reflective in my own intimate life. And I realized that. I had a aha where I said I was having great sex and I learned a lot about my body that I was applying in real time, but in terms of reciprocal, mutual and uplifting, empowering relationships, I was at a high shortage of those. And mostly because I was attracted to people with toxic tendencies. Nobody is toxic altogether. Nobody is a throwaway, but people who had acquired manipulative tendencies and were womanizers. And it wasn't a surprise to me most of the time. These are people who had reputations and maybe in many cases, I was attracted to them because of their reputation. And so, like I said, 10 years ago, I realized that my picker was off. And then as a result of dating these kinds of people, you pick up some bad habits of your own. So I stopped down altogether and just went into a deep dive of learning how to connect, learning how to be intimate, learning how to date, how to attract, um, and who to be attracted to in order to get the kind of life that I sought through romantic partnerships. And it was a beautiful exploration. And when I felt ready to enter back into the dating space, one of the first people that I matched with on a dating app was this really handsome guy. Like he looked the part, like the traditional part that I usually would look for. And we go on a date, but it was surprisingly nice. He washed my car for me. Afterwards, we got something to eat. And then he said to me, I have this amazing view on top of my apartment. I would love to show it to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really in the like, go back to your place on the first date phase of my life, but I'll go see this view. And sure enough, it was really lovely. He was showing me constellations. He was rapping his favorite lyrics to me from like Wu-Tang and just being really fun and charismatic. And then it was as if, a cloud shifted away from the moon and it the moon shone down on him. I couldn't even explain to you. There was this immediate 
transformation where all of a sudden this dude was the horniest werewolf and he became so persistent, not aggressive, but just persistent. So he was like making out with me and touching me. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of into this, but like, I'm not really on this flow right now. And then rather than picking up on the fact that I was pushing back, he seemed to like be pushing harder. And so then I had to get verbal and say like, I'm going to be honest with you. I just really like want to go. And he's like, I thought we were having a great time. I'm like, yo, we really are having a great time. And I do find you attractive, but this is not what I had in mind. And then of course, I can't get into the garage to get to your car because the garage opener for thing is back at my place. So then we go downstairs, we'll get the garage opener for his place. And he's still like begging and pleading. And I was like, dude, just let me out of here. So I finally get out of there. And to be honest with y'all, it's not as if I wasn't turned on. Like this dude was hot. We were, you know, having a good vibe. So I parked the car and I masturbated just in full disclosure. And then I unmatched that guy. And I never spoke to him or people really like that again. Um, and if I got the tendencies even through the chat, I never even entertained that because I was in the season of wanting to date gentle, kind, thoughtful, aware, curious, and open men. And along this journey, I met a lot of them and then I happened to marry one. We often talk about the fact we probably could love anybody really well. But I don't know anybody who I would love as much as I love you mm. um, and enjoy loving as much as I love you because I love loving you. So there we go. We could make time the basis for the discussion here, right? There's an immature version of self who's attracted to fuck people and then a mature version of self who's looking for good people. But that makes it seem as if those decisions are moments apart, this and that, when the truth is they're years apart and we'll label those years the work or the reprogramming. And that's what I want to discuss with you on this episode. So million dollar question, how do you change who you're attracted to? And maybe who you're attracting. Now, attraction, whether emotional, physical, or physiological, is a complex process. It can be influenced by numerous factors, from biology to personal history to whatever social environment that you're in, heavy on the social environment. Now, if someone finds himself repeatedly attracted to individuals with certain undesirable behaviors, like the makeup of a fuck person, those are people who are charismatic but not reliable, fun to be around but not fun to be apart from because communication is not stable, or when they're out of sight, you really don't know what they're doing. They're the kind of people who make big plans but don't consistently make the small actions to move towards that goal, especially when it comes to you. Now, understanding the underlying causes and taking conscious steps to modify patterns of attraction is incredibly beneficial. And here is a scientific step-by-step -step approach on how to do just that. You know I had to do it. Number one, obviously, it takes self-awareness and reflection. Understand what draws you to these individuals. Is it their confidence, their charisma, their unpredictability, their familiarity because they remind you of someone from your past, namely a caregiver? Recognizing the traits that allure you is the first step to addressing the underlying causes. Now, for me, I was attracted to how hard it was to get their attention. So when I got it, I felt like I accomplished something, which is literally the formula to how casinos stay in business. And I had to ask myself if I wanted to live in a casino. This is a huge one that can be boring, but to me, it's like finding the potion in the spell you're under. Understand the biology. Oxytocin and dopamine are two key neurotransmitters involved in attraction and bonding. Dopamine is associated with pleasure, risk and reward, and novelty, while oxytocin is often called the love hormone, playing a crucial role in bonding. Sometimes the excitement and unpredictability associated with fuck people can trigger dopamine releases leading to an addictive pattern. And also the oxytocin that is released bonds you to that person even once you realize it's not healthy for you.
Next, look into cognitive behavioral techniques. Once you've identified your patterns, considered cognitive behavioral therapy, known as CBT techniques. CBT is grounded in the idea that our thoughts influence our feelings and behaviors. By challenging and changing unhelpful thoughts about ourselves, you can create a shift in your patterns of attraction. It's knowing what you really deserve because you know who you really are. That's sushi, baby. On that note, increase your self-worth. Often attraction to individuals who aren't good for us stems from low self-esteem or low self-worth. Engage in activities that boost your confidence and self-worth. This could be through hobbies, through therapy, through fitness, or spending time with supportive individuals and family or deserving loving romantic partners. This next one is largely overlooked. Expand your social circle. Oftentimes, culture can be the culprit. So by meeting people outside of your circle and exposing yourself to various personality types and various roles and jobs and value systems, you can then recalibrate what you find attractive. And over time, you might find yourself drawn to people with completely different qualities. Educate yourself. Reading about healthy relationships, attachment styles, and emotional intelligence can provide valuable insights. This knowledge can empower you to make better choices in partners. Also, Read about patterns that are manipulative. I've talked about dark psychology many times. I'm gonna get you guys the name of the book that I liked the most. I'll put it in the show notes. I also loved The Art of Seduction for this exact same reason. To me, like I said, I felt when I was reading about manipulation tactics, I was reading the recipe to the spell that I personally had been under. Avoid idealization. Many people are attracted to fuckboys because they idealize them or the excitement of the relationship. We had a guest on here once that said that toxic relationships are more fun. Furthermore, some people idealize the idea of being the fixer or the savior. And bitch, we all know that superheroes don't exist. You're not going to swoop down from the sky and save anybody from a burning building, especially if that person's unconscious. Now, you can, in your own humanly way, help someone get out of a burning building, but they need to want to leave and they need to be willing to go through the discomfort that goes along with abandoning what they have known. And I said this last week on my episode with Nina. I'm gonna pull it up again. I went back to Toronto this summer uh, for six weeks and my husband didn't come with me. And I ran into like so many of my exes when I was out there and none of their love lives are doing well. <laughs> the petty in me was like, if you're not mindful, fuck boys turn into fucking old and lonely men. When I was working on the game of desire, we did an exercise where I asked women to hypothesize why the other women in the group were single. And the prompt was, if you met so-and-so on the street in 10 years and they were still not partnered, based on what you have observed about them today, why would that be? And if I were to give that read in general to non-ethical daters or fuck people daters, I would say those individuals have mastered the highly difficult skill, and I'm not going to knock that, of being extremely attractive, of being extremely desirable, of being very charismatic, of drawing people in. They have figured out how to do that, but they haven't invested equal effort into figuring out how to be loving. As a result, people don't love the experience of being in connection with them, being intimate with them for long periods of time. And so if you don't fix that, and then you're not as desirable or as attractive, then, well, then. 
All right, let's just do one more because I feel like I'm on a roll right now. Let's talk about mindfulness, something that I wasn't attracted to because I thought it was so woo-woo, but the truth of it is the definition of mindfulness is to be grounded. It is to be genuinely present and aware of what is happening in this current moment, not thinking back to your past traumas and how they're influencing what's happening now, not projecting what you hope will happen into the future and trying to alter your decisions and feelings, genuinely sitting with yourself and saying, how do I feel? How does this person make me feel? And I've talked about this many times before, but Hey Friend Hey gave me the gift of focusing on the to feel list rather than the to-do list. Because when we're in to-do list with romantic partnerships, we blow past all the red flags. When we're in to-feel list, we're able to make more healthy and rational decisions and avoid relationships that can cause a lot of pain and not give a lot back in return. And Saying hey, friend, hey, just reminds me, I really have to reach out to her to get her as a guest in the podcast. It's so long overdue. And speaking of guests, let's move on. I know I've talked a lot uh, to our starring guest of this episode, Leah Lamar. She's an American comedian, actress, and podcast host known for being a comedy show host on Clubhouse and for co-hosting the real-time crime podcast on iHeartMedia. Now, I met her on the set of a podcast, I think it was iHeartMedia, and she was just funny and hilarious and honest and interesting, all the things that I want a podcast guest to be. So I asked her to come through. So we're going to get to that. But first, I want to tell you of our first of three sponsors, ZocDoc. So you know the feeling when you finally find the thing that you have been searching for on the internet. After spending hours researching and reading thousands of reviews, you got it. And it was great. Plus, it arrived in just 48 hours. Well, I'm here to tell you that that process can also work for your next doctor. And that that is thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, ones who are located near you, and who treat almost every condition under the sun. Now, these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. There are no bots. The average wait time to see a doctor once you've booked through ZocDoc Doc is between 24 to 48 hours. Do us all a favor, go to ZocDoc.com slash lovers and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash lovers, ZocDoc.com slash lovers. Again, it's a free app, but when you go through this link, they know who sent you. So that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> How I finally married the nice guy. AKA how I finally stopped being attracted to toxic relationships, fuck boys. AKA how I realized I was actually the emotionally unavailable one. <laughs> yeah. Number two, why your checklist is keeping you single. Mm. Number three, how to allow yourself to fall in love to feel safe in a relationship, especially if you come from a chaotic, dysfunctional family. I'm going to read number five, then get to number four. Okay. Number five, how difficult it is to date someone with the same trauma triggers, dash abandonment, alcoholism, alcoholism, etc. Number four, how to stop dating guys just like your dad. It's all the same, really. At the end of the day, what I what, all I wanted to do was be like, how do I talk about my most chaotic breakups? <laughs> okay, well, answer the question. How do you stop dating guys like your dad? You don't. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> There's no hope for anyone. The chaotic breakup is my divorce, which I'm announcing on Lovers and Friends of Podcast. Yes. Um, I loved you so much, Adam. Thanks for the last four months. Okay, so... uh, Which, congratulations. Thank you. You got married four months ago. I know. So when I saw you, were you not married? You were just about to get married. 
I think I wasn't even engaged. No, you were engaged. I was engaged? Yeah. Because we were engaged for like five days. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't even think we were going to get engaged. To be clear for anyone who's so confused by what's happening, I met my husband May 1st of last year. May 4th. May the 4th be with you. We're so nerdy. Yes, babe. We were official. And then we got married November 28th. And that's that. So if you want to know how to get married in less than seven months, yes, I'm teaching a course. I have so many <laughs> questions. What? Yeah. How? Why? I know. Did so, someone stay in the country? Um, he's not even here right now. Okay. So this is a so we'll just like take it back back. I had continuously dated the same person over and over and over. They were just in a different body, and to be fair, the body looked almost exactly the same. It, like if you put every ex-boyfriend I ever had in a lineup, you could just label them. You'd be like, oh, yeah, this is the guy. If you go into a room of 10,000 people, I could find the one alcoholic. Like I could find the most chaotic person there who has like split tongue, face tattoos, been to jail 70 times. I'm like, you'll do for eight to 10 months and I'll let you ruin my life and self-esteem. Let's fucking go. You know, um, not that there's anything wrong with that. And I've dated like, met, you know, I just had put a disclaimer there. I think a lot of that is very hot. So. I have done a lot of... And that's your dad? No. Not physically. But yes, emotionally. So love my dad. Absolutely. Love, respect him, uh, cherish him. However, I would never want to date someone like him. And I did that over and over. I do find myself feeling guilty for saying a lot of his information out loud, but I feel like I am doing it to help other people. And through a series of seven years of therapy, 12 step. Uh, I'm an Al-Anon, which is for friends and family members of alcoholics. It's not for people with the problem. It's for people handling the people with a problem. And it's for anyone that comes from a dysfunctional family, chaos. It's a lot of programs wrapped into one. And I think a lot of the language and what you learn in there is something that all of us could take a little bit from. Uh, does deals a lot with codependence, which, whoo, Anxious attachment, baby. Let's fucking go. Um, are you looking for the worst person to be in a relationship with? Because I will be anxious, avoidant until I die. <laughs> you know, I will say my husband is the first stably attached person I've ever met. And he's made me stable, which is uh, the amount of peace I feel. The fact that my nervous system is at ease at all times is wild. Now, I grew up in a, I would say, chaotic household. Um, I think from the outside, you would think everything is fine, but you could cut the tension with a knife. I dated a lot of guys just like that for a long time. Guys who yelled, um, guys who had complicated relationships with drugs or alcohol, guys who were workaholics, um, guys who were not emotionally uh, communicative, uh, didn't give me a lot of compliments maybe, um, I, I would bend over backwards and people please and be a doormat for their every need, hoping that it would make them love me. And I think this unconditional love that I looked for because I had this God sized hole in me of just just dying for the validation from my dad all the time made it so that every guy I dated was just like that. I was like, I forgot that I was a person. I forgot that I had needs or dreams or desires or wants. And I would just think about I would anticipate their every need. What do you want? What can I do to make your day better? What can I do to make you love me more? Which is really manipulative if you think about it. Yeah. Um, and 
I would just drop everything I had to help other people with their careers, with their dreams, with their day, just anything I could do, which turns into chaotic Instagram stalking. Um, I consider myself the CIA, which is see Instagram always. <laughs> I know. I, I found out How? a guy was cheating on me through Instagram. Well, you and everybody else. I mean, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. That I think there was a time when that was a thing, but now that's the thing. But how hard was it? When that feature went away on Instagram where you could no longer see what your partner was, was liking. liking. Well, now here's the scary part. Of course, on your Finsta, my, my husband was like, hey, do you have a Finsta? I was like, no. And then I was like, yes, but it's not for what you think it's for. Because now that I trust my husband, I'm not stalking girls he's following. I'm using it to follow conspiracy accounts <laughs> that I don't want anyone seeing from my normal Instagram because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. But they already do, which is the huge plot twist. It's like, Leah, just follow the conspiracy accounts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like to know what the other side thinks, you know? So um, my favorite thing to do was on my Finsta, go to see who, after they took that feature away, go to see who my boyfriend had started following because that's the only way to see chronologically who the new people were that they were following. I don't understand. Well, I'll do a tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> so if you already follow someone, you, you, I think like chronologically it's hard to see when they followed someone new. But if you're not following someone and you look on a different account per se, because you would not be following them on that account, it would show you in most recent order who they have just followed why thank you instagram what an interesting hack so if you are following them it's it's based on like so if i went to your page right now we're following each other yeah are we i'm following you am i i don't know okay. i guess we'll take Anyhow. care of this later yeah <laughs> <laughs> if i did it would show me at the top who we follow in common mm -hmm. so if i didn't follow you it would show me at the top who you most recently followed. Yes. Interesting. Continue. Yeah. And so I just started noticing he was following like all these like 21 year old blonde models, which like lol, you know, if that's what you want, no offense. I'm just never going to be that. I try not to compare myself to anyone anymore because I'm finally comfortable in my own skin where I'm like, it's not about how old I am. It's not about what I look like. It's not about what I have to offer, how much money I have. It's like, this is who I am. I'm very comfortable with myself now. So if this is not what you want, then we are not a good fit. Mm -hmm. I'm not changing myself for anyone anymore. I'm not trying to mold myself to fit your lifestyle. I'm not trying to make my needs invisible to make you happy. Uh, I, just, I mean, the last guy I dated was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was so glad it did. It was the first time in my life that I walked away instead of like letting the wheels fall off until the bus crashed and it's like just fireworks coming out of it and everyone burns and dies, you know? Ladies, this is not, this is not the way to have a man chase you. Um, <laughs> you're never gonna get what you want out of it, but they will chase you. <laughs> You'll get like an ego boost for 10 seconds. I'll get to that in a second. But um, he didn't want me. He wanted the girlfriend experience. He was fresh out of a relationship. Um, I just put everything in air quotes now because in L.A. I'm like, what is real and what's not real? Was she your girlfriend? Was she your mistress? Were you just fucking her? But 
she thought you were her girlfriend and you were just cheating on her the whole time. Like, what is this? Um, I guess it was like three years long distance. She was a model from a different country, very young. Um, good for her. <laughs> and I guess he just cheated on her a lot. And it was like toxic, quote unquote. And uh, then we met at Art Basel, which like if you're meeting at Art Basel, that's your first red flag. Mm. You know, we saw each other from across the room and then we were that we just hit it off. And he's so hot. Uh, very charming, very crazy. All the things. It, it was check, 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 where you're like, oh, my God. But on the checklist, you know, I also had someone who wants to be with me and just me. That wasn't checked. Do you want to know what's interesting? I don't think a lot of people have someone who wants to be with me on their list. I think this was the very last person that I was willing to be a doormat for. And my doormat tendencies got smaller and smaller to the point where I just thought it was a welcome napkin. <laughs> do you want to do this again, Leah? How many times do you want to do this? Because you've done it in every relationship and every time you've ended up miserable. So what's the pattern here? The pattern is you are disappointed with the end result of the relationship because you let yourself be mistreated just so that someone doesn't leave you. That doesn't sound fun that doesn't even sound like something i if my friend was telling me this information i'd be like you gotta go this sounds bad why would you stay in this relationship you're worth so much more than that you're incredible blah 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 you're so beautiful queen slay whatever you know it's what i'm telling myself <laughs> i'm so beautiful queen slay <laughs> so this guy definitely had a drinking and drug problem um which i love he had a yelling problem in which i said to him I don't tolerate yelling. I, I no longer believe that yelling is an indicator of a good communication style. It happened a lot in my childhood. I don't like it. It sends me into an emotional chaos. I think if there's a problem, we can just talk it out. But he would just yell about everything. And I said to him, next time you yell, I'm leaving. And it's not a threat. It's just, I, it's not for me. Which I now in hindsight realize. And I'm like, man, where was my self-esteem? Where was my self-worth? Why wasn't I jazzed about who I am and what I have to offer? Why didn't I think I was enough? You know, I'm what well, am you're I? picking people who don't think you're enough. So that it, doesn't help. It, it's me giving my self-worth to someone else and giving them the option to validate whether or not I think I'm good enough. Right. By letting me know if they think I'm good enough. What? Yes. That's crazy. And you're not picking secure, level-headed mature emotionally intelligent people to do the grading right so it's recipe for disaster it's recipe for disaster lovers and friends pardon the interruption but speaking of recipes can we talk about our sponsor hellofresh now i know these pop-ins can feel annoying because your time is valuable and that is why i ensure to partner with sponsors who understand that at the core like hellofresh now a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinner time recipe rut keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week so there is always something delicious to discover with hellofresh hellofresh does all the shopping and meal planning for you ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step -step recipe cards let me tell you guys something these picture recipe cards are a staple in my house whenever i'm having like a larger gathering i use that as a guide to make an amazing meal for a big group of people so 
Turn to HelloFresh Market for yummy add-ons and enjoy the season's limited-time fall flavors lineup. Feast on desserts like the apple cider cake with caramel sauce or please a crowd with appetizers like the barbecue pulled pork nachos. And do not forget the mini pumpkin cheesecake. Perfect for me time treats or us time, depending on what season that you're in. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50lovers and use the code 50lovers for 50% off plus free shipping. You can try America's number one meal kit for half off. Now imagine if somebody offered you this deal for your grocery store. You would take it because you got to eat. So why not do it on a delicious dime with HelloFresh? Again, it's HelloFresh.com slash 50lovers. But I was so proud of myself for walking away. Now... I was going to the Dubai Comedy Festival and I'd actually never been to Europe until last year. And a friend of mine was like, oh, come out to Ibiza where we have a villa here. It's going to be super fun. There was like a, a work opportunity there for me that I was excited about. And so I went, I just took a chance. I went two and a half weeks early and I went there and I was fucking miserable. Imagine being on a party island and just being like mm. miserable because of that dude i was still looking him on instagram i was just still hoping that there'd be some version of him that responds with i've made a huge mistake but i think the thing that was different this time was that i i really thought it wasn't personal i was like it's not me it's just we're not right for each other i'm not the problem we're not right for each other and that was a really big step for me. But also he's kind of the problem. He sucked. Yeah, he was not. He, I mean, like the amount of, of details I'm leaving out about how much this guy sucked. Right. But you know, what I mean? sometimes we're giving this graceful, which is a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. Because I often give the analogy of pizza and sushi. If somebody says, I'm going to have pizza for dinner, sushi is not feeling away. It's not feeling like I'm not good enough. <laughs> I want to add cheese to myself. Like, what should I do? How can I change? It's like, no, I'm incredible. Whenever you want sushi, like this is, I am for who I'm for. Right. And I sit in that. I think that there's levels because you know, when you go to some restaurants and you're like, can I get this? And then can you hold that? And they're like, no. The the chef is like, it is coming as it is. Yeah, you're and you're like, like can okay, I just, chef having self-worth. But can I have that <laughs> one thing off? Like I'm allergic. Well, then you, you can't have this. Yeah. So there's like, like a happy medium. Okay. Like it can be a little flexible. Right. But, no alterations. But Except for think, like no pepperoni on the sushi. That's all I say. You right. Know? <laughs> exactly. There we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can have like your levels of like the way that you want this to be experienced. You're not even going to get sushi anymore. Mm. So just go get fucking mm. pizza because you're going to make me something that is not as great as I am, which is I could be great for somebody else who wants what I have to offer. Yeah. So I think that like that whole thing is really, really beautiful. But getting to a place where you can confidently let somebody else pick sushi over you or pick pizza over you, it takes a long time. A really long time, a really long time. And once I finally admitted to myself that I knew that this wasn't right for me and that I made the right choice, I felt a sense of relief, but it's still, uh, there's still a grieving period. And then three days in, uh, a mutual, a friend who was also at the villa, he was like, oh, my mate Adam is coming. He's Jewish. I'm going to push you guys together. And I was like, Dude, that's kind of anti-Semitic. You can't just assume that all Jews are going to like each other just because we're Jews. And then he showed me his photo and I was like, push us together. It's anti-Semitic for us not to be together. Uh -huh. um, and then it's interesting because I have felt love at first sight before. But now what I realize it was just familiarity at first sight. Chaos. Familiarity the of my childhood dynamic I had with my dad and the family dynamic that I had. And it was 
butterflies to me are toxic now. That that feeling of adrenaline and that rush of insane uh, energy is actually me going into fight or flight. And that's how I felt in my childhood home. Fight or flight. That's not safety. And every single one of those guys that I had love at first sight with just absolutely destroyed me. Destroyed me. I almost think that even from the first guy I dated, every guy after that has just been a Band-Aid on top of that guy. And it was like time to rip the Band-Aids off, let that heal, and then date someone who's not going to wound you. That was a bar. You know it. Honestly, I just sat here and I was like, damn, that's a clip. Um, (laughs) You know, but the other thing, too, is that just because someone is not kind to you, if you stay, you're participating in the dynamic. And if you don't work on yourself, I mean, it took me a long time to get here. It's the the work. And I hate when people talk about doing the work. But like it. God, it's like I've been doing it for years and it really like you think it gets easier, but it's like one step forward, two steps back. You get you have new highs, new lows, new situations to figure out, new types of relationships, relationships to figure out. It's not just romantic. It's professional, personal, familial. There are all these different types of um, interactions you have with human beings that change and develop over time. And you get new problems that you need to solve. I have come from fighting other people's battles and I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to, I need to keep the peace within myself. And I've been fighting for that for so long that there's no matter of like, Oh, this person said this and I have to do, I stay away. You know, now I stay away rather than getting involved in anyone else's affairs. Okay. So, but, uh, with my husband, I didn't feel love at first sight. I felt something different. And the thing that I felt was, I already know this person and I have to know this person. Which was a very new, bizarre feeling to me. I felt when I saw him, I was just taken. I was taken by him. I felt this rush come over me where it wasn't butterflies. It wasn't fight or flight. I just was like, whoa. And the ironic thing, I don't go to nightclubs. I don't drink. But if you're in Ibiza... You go to, that's what you do. We went to Pasha, which is the notoriously loudest nightclub in the world. And I'm like, is there a chair? You know, like I'm not, that's not my vibe. I went into the bathroom. I got toilet paper and I stuffed my ears. And he came out and he was like, hey, would you like some earplugs? And I was like, yeah, I would. And what I really like about it is it feels very symbolic for our relationship of blocking out the noise of all the bullshit and just being present with this one person and feeling really safe with him. And which also is like if you're going to go to the notoriously loudest <laughs> club in the world, maybe you pack earplugs in case it's too loud for you. Yeah, but I'm a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get I'm taking care of myself from? You know, like that would seem odd. Uh, not in alignment. Um, And then he was like, would you like to go outside and talk? And I was like, yes, I would. And we sat outside for an hour talking and he was asking me questions about myself, which cut to the last guy I dated did not ask me a question about myself. Just talk, 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 talk about himself. And then he asked me what I did for charity. And I was like, tell me you don't live in L.A. without telling me, you know, I was like, bitch, what do I do for other people? Fuck you. You know, that's fuck off. Uh, I'm now Logan Roy, you know, Um, it was 
God. And and we just sat there and chatted and he couldn't. I was still jet lagged. I wasn't feeling funny and I wasn't feeling on. And he couldn't be more interested if I tried. He he liked whatever version of me I had to offer. And he just enjoyed talking to me like a girl was vomiting next to us. And we were just, you know, we were just having a grand old time. And then I see a super hot fuck boy. Just the chaos. I, the chaos in me went whoop. The chaos meter just, oh, I see one. Like the radar went off. And I was like, oh, would you watch my stuff? I'm going to go to the bathroom. I chased this guy into the club. What's wrong with me? Everything. Um, I chased him into the club. And then before I even go to talk to him, I literally just stopped myself. I stood there and I was like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to be in a relationship with a healthy person that loves and respects me. And this is mutual. I've never done that before. And I'd like to give it a try. I keep going for emotionally unavailable people because I myself am not emotionally available. I'm not ready to be with someone if I keep making these choices. Because clearly there's a piece of me that likes engaging in it. And I stopped and I just thought, go let the nice man be nice to you. Did you ever talk to that guy? Nope. I like a dog with my tail between my legs walked back and I was like, hi, I've told him this. Um, and then we were never apart from the night we met and we just clicked. We just are two peas in a pod. He is, I never thought there was a type of person who existed that was like him. I feel so incredibly grateful to be with someone who is so emotionally available, communicative through conflict. Uh, we never fight. If we do, he'll bring something up in such a peaceful and calm way. And it'll just be a quick one, two. Uh, we get it out of the way immediately. It'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, okay, yeah, no problem. And we just keep it moving instead of the rage that I was used to mm -hmm. and the making like a mountain out of a molehill and everything was a uh, fight or flight and everything was just chaos. And with him, it's just calm. When I'm in alignment and when I'm with this person, I feel safe. I feel taken care of. I feel unconditionally loved. I feel cherished. I feel respected. Ugh. <laughs> did you ever? You know, oh, God. Um, who am I? Did you ever get bored by it? We're still so new. I know that. Um, but right. I just mean that I think a lot of people even fear that. They fear that they'll get bored by nice. Mm -hmm. I don't think I identify with this. I have a my dad is not similar but my dad is similar in some particular ways but um one thing that my dad taught me very young which he taught me a lot very very smart person similar to your dad was that i am not someone that people can be nice to and this is something that he ingrained in me like if people are too nice to you you take advantage of them so i have to be this way towards you people have to reject you a little bit because the only way that you will ever value them and i really accepted that as yeah. a truth of mine and so I gravitated towards mean people and I accepted mean people because I was like, well, this is the only thing that I'll be able to functionally sustain anyways. So when I got with my husband, who genuinely is the nicest person on the planet, when I got with him, I was like surprised that I could stomach niceness. But I also had to learn because we actually had a conversation pretty early on in our relationship where he said that being nice has been learned. And I don't want to get, I don't want it to be abused. 
but it's been learned. It's been something that I've worked hard for. I have mean thoughts too. You know, I have I have a mean side too, but I I I self-control that. And so, you know, I don't I don't ever look at you as somebody that can't control it. So when you do get mean, it it lights me up. Welcome to our final sponsor break with Skims. So get a snack, light a candle, get comfortable. And if for you getting comfortable is not easy, well, that means that you are wearing something uncomfortable. And I'm thrilled to put you on to Skims, a company that is created for the next generation of loungewear for everybody. And in my opinion, every occasion. Now, maybe you can't always wear comfortable shoes like I am right now because you can't see my feet, but underwear, shapewear, and basics should and can be cute and comfortable, period. And if you don't believe me, I don't blame you. I finally tried Skims. I'm wearing the bra right now. I've got the bodysuit on right now, and I am all about it. Now, I just got into their new collection, which is the classic cotton collection, and it has fresh cuts like the cotton jersey cheeky tanga and the rib plunge bralette. And the way that these t-shirts and tanks and bodysuits fit will make you so grateful that a company finally listened. The Skims t-shirt is a game changer, and it hugs my body perfectly. This is Skims' most tagged collection for a reason. It is made from ultra soft and natural fibers and is available in sizes extra extra small to 4x now do not be like me and let skepticism get in the way of experiencing some of your best multi-wear wardrobe pieces skims has over a hundred thousand five-star reviews for a reason try the cotton collection more available now at skims.com plus you can get free shipping on orders over 75 dollars and if you have done this and you checked out please go to their how did you hear about us drop down menu and tell them about your friends over at lovers and friends thanks it's mind fucking me about your stories how fast things happen mm-hmm. because i'm like this is great advice and i'm like no 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 don't don't do that <laughs> <laughs> well 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 um number one yes it's a big learning curve in a short amount of time and a lot of commitment and not enough leeway to really get to know each other and you got married in the honeymoon phase so what happens afterwards now obviously everything great is possible but i just mean like it makes it a little bit totally and don't think i haven't had these thoughts okay you know i i already see it from the other side where people are like you're fucking stupid and you fucked this up you know like this is crazy or just like well i mean to get married in less than a year i think to a lot of people would be a huge red flag yeah and i hear that i hear your red flag and i raise you with my green flag (laughs) (laughs) which is that this person i don't know if this is how you experienced it um but i just feel i'm a complete person this person is a complete person Together, we are a unit. Now, here's also the part where I tell you. So because he's English, thank you. Um, he, <laughs> he, obviously, we kind of have to decide where we're going to live because we can't do long distance forever. And if you're married, it's a much easier case to get your visa. I don't know how many of you listening have done the immigration process, but it is painful, it is long, it is expensive, and it is difficult. And they make it as hard as possible. Yes, I've talked about I'm an immigrant, so I've talked about this. Oh, well, then you know very well. Um, so, I mean, was our marriage romantic? I mean, we got married in a courthouse in Northeast Florida. You tell me. You know, we had to put our wedding rings through a metal detector. It was 
we had a clerk named Tiffany do our marriage. She was shaking like le- leaf. I was like, bitch, it's three minutes long. Just get it over with. You know, I'm like, this is, is this your first time doing a, a wedding here in this Are you white wall? Me? Yeah. I'm like, what's that? Ha-? She's like seven months. Oh God. Uh, I had to tell people having a land dispute behind us to quiet down. I was like, Hey, we're getting married. Could you like, to- like tone it down a little? And they're like, um, okay. And marriage or not, you're intending to do life together. Mm-hmm. And since four days after your relationship, mm-hmm. that's how you pursued your partnership. Yeah. This one person that I have is we are so well suited for each other. And I'm. It, it feels like a miracle. Like to me, this is evidence that there's a higher power who really loves me because they allowed me to change. They allowed me to grow. I feel so lucky that I took it on myself to do the work and really make effort to change my life. I was like, do I want to keep playing small? Do I keep? Do I want to keep being um, emotionally abused, uh, sexually unfulfilled, like romantically miserable, feeling like I'm an al- alone in a relationship, making myself invisible just so that another person can be happy? That doesn't sound like a good relationship that doesn't even sound like what i actually want yes but it's what i was doing what's happening is you're painting a picture of yourself as somebody who's like getting into bad relationships and has these toxic traits and it's chasing the hot guy and is at a club and then three months before is with this really super narcissistic alcoholic all of the ist dudes mm-hmm. and then you meet this other dude and then he saves you and this big gaping hole is filled with the, what you need, which is like a well of acceptance validation, but now it's filled with a nice person. So Wait. case closed, story done, everything's amazing. But here's the missing part that I think is not being added. I saved myself, but keep going. You yeah. did. Yeah. That's what we're not talking about. Okay. Yeah. You had already done the work to shift everything in your life. And I talk about this before. There's that Sesame Street game. One thing in this group does not belong. And you have to look and be like, oh, the wrench doesn't belong. It's all zoo animals. Yeah. So it's like for you, you had already gone to therapy. Yeah. Put in the work. Yeah. Made transitions. Probably changed friendships. Probably changed relationship with your dad. Did all the work around it. And mm-hmm. the intimate part was just the last thing. Mm-hmm. So Which is the hardest, really. It really is. But when you met this new guy, it's not as if you were expecting him to turn your pumpkin into a carriage. No, but he did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm home. kidding. Yeah. No, no. Trust me. I am. I am not a Disney princess. I've li- there are no Jewish Disney princesses. So, like, I'm literally. There's no representation for me. But, um, sorry. Go on. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> what did you do mm-hmm. to change yourself so that toxic didn't feel familiar? Mm. It felt fucked up. In my opinion. Everything in life is a series of choices. So now as an adult, I remember when I was going through the steps, uh, my sponsor had handed me a sheet. Tell me even about that. When did you become a member of Al-Anon? Seven years ago. And you know what's... Did you take yourself or did like your mom say we should go? Oh, oh, did I take uh, myself? Um, No. So I had a couple of friends suggest to me, hey, have you heard of Al-Anon? I think it's a program you might enjoy. And I'd be like, I don't have a problem. Yeah, I had a fucking problem. I had a huge problem. The problem was me. <laughs> I'm hi. The problem was me. I was the problem the, the whole time. It was. It felt like the call was coming from inside the house. Um, and then, as a lot of people in the program say, they they come to the program on their knees. There are just no other. You're out of options. You're like when you feel you've hit an emotional rock bottom. You know, for like 
addicts. It could be overdosing for whatever it is. My bottom was I just thought I actually can't live like this anymore. The way that I my reactions were not right size for the problem. I did not have to I didn't I didn't have any tools to um, control my emotions, to use my emotions, to communicate my emotions. I didn't have the tools to talk through conflict. I didn't have, and that is still hard for me. Like these are all things I am still working on. It is a lifelong process and I'm fine with that. But have I gotten better at it? Sure. It's about progress, not perfection. And through attaining all these tools about how to achieve a little bit of peace or a lot of peace, I have become someone who is more accustomed to that sort of programming. So if I'm like, I, I didn't understand that I was a, had a, a gluten intolerance. And even when I found out I did, I was like, but it, it tastes so good. And I'm like, well, empirically, the evidence is showing that it makes you sick. So do you want to keep eating the thing that makes you feel bad? The thing that makes you uh, have constipation, breakout and acne. You can't think you have such brain fog. You're exhausted. You're bloated. Or do you want to make a different choice? So it's, you can replace that exact thing with a person. So this person is making you feel anxiety, depression, um, small, making you feel un not valued, not seen, not loved, not respected, not cherished. Do you want to make the choice of staying? Does this feel good to you? Or do you want to make the choice, a different choice? Would you like to step away from the situation? And I think when I started really getting in touch with what felt right, I started moving toward making the choice of, I want to feel good. I don't want to feel... I was like, oh, you know, someone once said to me, I was in a yoga class and the person next to me was so impossibly smelly and I felt victimized by it. And I was like, oh my God, now I just have to do the whole class next to this disgusting person who hasn't showered in weeks and I'm, like, I'm not gonna be able to enjoy it. And then she's like, and you know what I did? I just picked up my mat and moved it. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you can pick up the mat and move it. You don't have to just feel victimized by every situation and every person, place, or thing. And you can find a problem in everything if you want to. Or you can just seek a solution. Or maybe the thing isn't even really a problem. And I was just making problems out of everything. So I will say, so when I started going through the steps, um, I, and I really need to be in that program. I will tell you, the, the first like few meetings I just sobbed through. I, I couldn't even believe that other people had experienced what I experienced. People would be talking about, like, did you grow up in my household? Are you my brother? You know, and I still talk to those people to this day, just being like, because I trust that they know from their experience how I feel. Um, my sponsor had handed me a sheet with a list of emotions on it. I didn't understand. I honestly was like, oh, these are words people use to describe a feeling. Huh. Because I used to just to be like good or bad. No one talked to me about emotions. I wasn't allowed to show them. So I didn't think about them. If I felt I don't even I honestly I think I dissociated most of my younger years because I have so few memories of my childhood. I would even say because I'm even hearing that like I'm sure good or bad for you was like good is anything but yelling good is anything but a big blowout right so then even that like good and bad is not 50 50 no I, I would do everything to just feel like the light was shining on me like just I, all I just wanted my dad to love me that's all I wanted so I'd be like maybe if I got good grades 
Maybe if I was the captain of every sports team. Maybe if I was the president of every club. I, I spread myself so thin just trying to do all these things because while I did have a lot of interests, like I also just at the core of it wanted to be loved and I didn't know what it took for him to feel, I didn't feel the love from him. Um, and I know my dad loves me. That's not a question. But I do think that the way that he was able to show it was in a way that I did never, I just never felt it. Even in like one lifetime, you can be like, wow, this, what, who, the God, the universe, whoever just dumped a lot on this person. Um, and he's really brave. He has a lot of great qualities. And so does every person I've ever dated. You wouldn't date someone who didn't have good qualities. You wouldn't date someone you never had a good time with. Unless they were super hot with a massive dick. I mean, it's like 10 inch cock. You can't say no. But I think, um, <laughs> but, but are, is your cons list long? You know, do you just feel glimpses of happiness? You're like, how do we go back to that thing? This is the classic breadcrumbing and the, you know, I always tell my girlfriends, if you started the pros and cons list, you're, you're already fucked because you're already feeling like, should I leave? Mm -hmm. And that gut feeling is probably right. And if you're writing out all the things that are bad, <laughs> it's probably quite a few things. Right. How did I get here? You did great. <laughs> I think we just circle back to that first question because I feel like there's like a really great answer to this. How do you not date your dad? It takes a lot of work. It takes courage. It takes you admitting that there is an issue. You know, they say the cycle of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. But they also say that's practice. So in my opinion... Oh, wow. Uh, a bar again. <laughs> that's the clip, baby. Um, <laughs> you really, I think you have to use discernment. because. But then it's like, what are you practicing at? Well, are so you practicing is how practice. to love shitty people? You're practicing how to love yourself. Right. But I guess the point I'm making is that sometimes you have to ask yourself like that. I think it's a beautiful quote because yeah. doing the same thing over again is insanity or it's practice. But then you have to ask, like, okay, I'm doing it over and over again hoping to get really good at loving very narcissistic, emotionally unavailable people. Why do I want to master this skill? Yeah. Why not master a cooler skill? Like Greek or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or master. Yeah. I come back a month later. I'm like, so I, I actually was able to read the Dead Sea Scrolls. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's so interesting because I do really find value in every relationship I ever had. Every friendship or relationship that hasn't worked out. It's also so crazy when you lose a friend because you're like, wow, we can't be friends and we never even had sex. Damn, that cuts deep. Like you don't like my you just straight up don't like my personality. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, that's that stinks. Um, <laughs> but I think every single relationship has got me to where I am now. So I'm super grateful for all of them. But they've all been my biggest teachers and they've all been lessons for me where, you know, the first guy I ever dated until I started, um, 12 step, ironically, when I started 12 step, the guy I was dating at the time had just started AA. Oh my God. We we're like a match made in hell. You know, he was AA. I'm Al-Anon. We're both starting the steps. He's a wild alcoholic. And I'm like, how do I get this person to love me? And I went into program thinking, I'm going to use the program to get him to love me. And then what I realized is that I use the program to get out of the relationship. 
only to get into a similar one, but <laughs> you know, it takes time. You don't just heal a wound in six months. You don't heal a wound in a year. You know, they say your cells change in your body every seven years, every single cell. And it literally took me seven years, basically to the dot. I think I was seven years, two months into 12 step and therapy um, is when I met my husband. That's what I wanted. That's it. <laughs> That's what I was looking it for. Took me, but but the other thing is like, I still have a lot to work on. Yes. You know, I don't think I'm perfect. I'll, I'll never be perfect. I'm great as I am right now. But you have the space to work on yourself because yeah. you're not trying to work and fix somebody else. No, I don't. Mm. I don't have the time for that. That's the thing, actually. I recently came to this aha because I always battle with the relationships are hard adage. Mm. Because I'm like, oh, because I've been in hard relationships. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what you should be telling people. And this is what I've come to is that relationships are hard because working on yourself is hard. Mm. And if you're really working on yourself in reflection of somebody else, that's a lot of work. Now, if I got to work on myself and work on the relationship and work on you, that shit's too much. So there is that element of it. And I think that when you're with somebody who's working on themselves aggressively and diligently and working towards the relationship and you're working on yourself and they're working towards the relationship. And then that's when you actually have the space to develop and grow and become a better version of yourself. So I think that that's the piece too. That's really cool is that not only are you acknowledging there's more for you to grow, but you're in a relationship dynamic that gives you that space that you need to flourish. Yeah. And I just want to let everyone who's listening know, like it took me a while to get here, like seven years honestly even seems like not that much time. It seems like I could be doing this for another 50 years and finally be like, nah, I'm ready to date. You know, I mean, I dated a guy who was self-harming and I was trying to help him through that. I was dating a guy who told me he wasn't attracted to me and I stayed. That's a friend. <laughs> that's, that's a friend. That's a friend um, who's cheating on you. <laughs> and he was. Let's end with a um, lovely love story. The moment that you knew, because mm -hmm. I know you knew pretty early on. Four yeah. days on, you guys were exclusive. But what moment did you feel like, I can devote myself to this partnership and I will be better for it if I do make this commitment? So after I met him, uh, we left each other. Oh, right before we say goodbye to each other, we were walking across the lawn from his room to my room and I had my hand behind my back and he had his hand behind his back and we weren't planning on meeting or anything. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. And he was like, nothing. And then I'm like, what do you have behind your back? And he was like, what do you have behind your back? And then we're like, oh. we had both written each other love letters to hide in the other person's suitcase. And I was like, fuck me. <laughs> It was wild, wild. And then, and then I took a private jet to Croatia. <laughs> and then I went to the Dubai Comedy Festival and I was supposed to go back to LA. And I was like, no, I think I gotta go back to London and just make sure that this is right. Just, I can't leave. I feel I'm getting called, I'm getting called to go back to London. So I changed my flight, I went back to London and just the second I saw him, I was like, yes, thank you. Like, I felt like I was sitting in a comfy chair. And it was just the glove fit, you know? 
unlike OJ's, but we were just right for each other. The way that my husband is with his family, they're all best friends. I walked into his family's house and on the wall is like a little decal where every single person has a name with their heart written on. It's connected by strings and it says this family is connected by the heartstrings. I had to step outside and take a walk. <laughs> like this is really his family threw a party for us so I could meet all their close family and friends. It's like a hundred people. They all love each other. I, I had a panic attack. I had to sit upstairs by myself. I called friends. I was like, I don't know what to do. They're like, enjoy people accepting you and loving you for who you are. <laughs> I was like, hi, hi. His parents would be like, oh, it's just a small party. It's like 15 people. I'm like, okay. And then they'd be like 20 people. I'm like, oh, oh. they'd be like 30 people. Oh, oh. Like every more, every person they added onto it, which I didn't realize was just like one more person who wanted to get to know me and love me. And siblings are amazing. They're all so close. And I don't have that kind of relation. My sister and I don't even talk. Um, so just being integrated into a new family that had a dynamic that I've always wanted and being like, wow, this is a model of a family dynamic that I can see works. And it's how I want to model my own family. And watching the way that my husband moves through the world and the way that he speaks to people and the way that people speak about him before I even met him, there were other people at the villa who were like, oh, he's just the sweetest, most sensitive, thoughtful, wonderful guy. And I was like, is he gay? And they're like, that's not funny. I'm like, bitch, I don't have time to fuck around. Like, what's the deal? Because I'm used to guys in L.A. who are just staring at themselves in the mirror. And I'm like, that's my thing. Now what am I supposed to do? You know? And they're like, no, he's just great. I'm like, then what's the what's the catch? And they're like, just got out of something and he's just like a great guy. And I'm like, you're just trying to get your friend laid. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no. And then I met him and he's just lovely, you know? And ev like every interaction he has with people, I'm like, I love him even more. He's just so respectful and kind and loving to everyone. And when you see... He's like the, the opposite of Logan Roy, you know? You When you see someone who just treats someone that can't do anything for them with kindness and respect and love, especially when you come from kind of a very transactional place like L.A. where you live in a place like this, you're almost like more drawn to them, you know? I'm like, you can do that? I didn't know people had the capacity for that. He's just made my life um, easier instead of harder, you know? He's not the difficult person. I'd always, I'd always just attracted to the difficult person. And he makes me feel like I'm easy to love. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that really hit me in the feels. Yeah. I want to go back to something. Um, and you I actually did a paper on love at first sight. Um, mm. Mm. I'm just so fascinated by it. But really like boiled down to all the different studies across the board, basically just say love at first sight is really familiarity at first, at first uh -huh. sight that you are, you get that feeling like, I feel like I've known you already my whole life. It's like, yeah, because you do. This is your aunt, your uncle, your dad. It's your pattern. Yeah. It's something. So you do know this person and that love note story that you told, do you feel like he was familiar to you because he was you, mm -hmm. but the you that was possible if you were, born into a loving dynamic. This is so crazy that you said that because the whole time I was saying it, I was thinking it's almost like we're the same person in a weird way. I'm like, I have always had this much love to give 
but it wasn't accepted or reciprocal. And it didn't, and it wasn't appreciated. And it's like, these are the things I always do for people. And these are the things I always want to do for people. And now it was being literally just reciprocated equally, if not more, you know? Um, it, it, it's so interesting to see that I was like, okay, so this exists. If I exist, you exist. I have this level of love I want to give. And I know there's someone out there that has the same exact level of love to give, if not more. You know, I think love languages are a big one. Um, also, everything's with a grain of salt. Like if it works for you, it works for you. It doesn't, it doesn't. But my husband and I are very into gift giving and it's never something expensive. Just little things to say, I love you. Like the other day, I Amazon primed him a little tiny bottle with a key in it. It's like $7 and it just, like you have the key to my heart. So cheesy. I don't give a fuck. I'm living in la la land, bitch. And I'm so happy to be here, you know, and it's just these like I, I, I used to send him like letters in the mail all the time, just little things to let you know I'm thinking about you and I love you. And we both have that same love language. And so it's nice to receive love in a way that you actually can accept it. Um, it's nice to get it in a way that you can accept it. And it's nice to give it in a way that the other person can accept it. And it's even better when you are both just on the same page about it. I've had a lot of uh, tense arguments in the past with exes where we didn't see eye to eye or it was difficult for them to give love in a way that I felt it and I'd just be like begging for, but just one compliment a week and I, you know, <laughs> for just seven cents a day. <laughs> and, you know, my husband just does all the things effortlessly. So I don't have, we don't have to change each other. You know, I don't have to, and it's okay to have needs and it's okay to have disagreements and okay to ask for things that you need and your partner can step up and give those to you. I'm not saying that doesn't exist, um, that a hundred percent exists, but this one is different in the fact that we are just in alignment on everything. And so far there have been no glaring issues or problems with intimacy, with vulnerability, with communication, with love languages, with attachment styles. It's just, I've never felt this safe before. And it is hard. I felt like I had to trust fall into it. I was like, I just had to believe that this is all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. The other shoe wasn't going to drop. He's not going to suddenly wake up one day and be a dick and be cheating on me with some girl in Malaysia. Like, it's just like all these old narratives will pop up from time to time. And I'll be like, this person has given me no evidence that they are that. They've only given me evidence of being committed, loving, and just a suitable partner. So why am I creating a, why am I attaching a narrative to him that doesn't exist? Thank you so, so much to our guest, LL Cool J. I'm sure you don't go by that. Um, but here's where you can go to find her. If you want more of me, um, I'm a stand-up comedian. So just check my website, leolamar.com for show dates, or my Instagram is really where I post everything. Well, if you're a Midwest mom, find me on Facebook. If you're Gen Z, find me on TikTok. If you're an elder millennial searching for meaning in life, find me on Instagram. I am taping a special for OnlyFans on Monday, actually. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited. OnlyFans is amazing. And they're really supportive of creators. And obviously, you know, they're stepping out of their uh, familiar space and moving into comedy. And they've done a lot of really great stand-up specials. They've done a lot of great roasts. I've been so impressed by all of them. And they just asked me to do their next taping on Monday. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so <laughs> find your girl on OnlyFans. I will blur my feet out, but the jokes will be uncensored. 
I would like to extend an invitation to all my lovers and friends to check out my other YouTube channel where I have a video called Why You Shouldn't Trust People Who Look Like Me. And in part, this is in reaction to the comments from the Ashley Cobb Lovers and Friends episode. I think that you will enjoy the discussion that's happening there. And moreover, I had a live discussion where people from the community got to come on and talk about their reactions, their personal experiences, and in some cases, their expertise on the matter. And it was a really beautiful dialogue. And I think I'm going to bring that format over here to lovers and friends. So look out for that, figure out some ways as a community, how we can chat with each other. Cause there's just yeah, there's so much missing from this conversation because it's one way. But one way that you can be in direct communication with me that you all know of is the rate and review section. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say this, through Spotify or through Apple, if you listen to the podcast or if you have the apps for either one of those, there's a section that will say, do you want to rate this podcast? And there you can decide how many stars it gets and then you can leave a comment. And so we have 5,200 people who have done this exercise Amazing. Uh, thank you for that. And people I want to shout out is Mama Said Knock You Out. I told you I'll put your real name, but I don't mind. I love the podcast as a new mama who's been listening um, since the beginning, and it gives me a mental break from the 24-7 mommy role. Truly. I was actually watching a clip on social media where Chris Rock was talking about parenting in the comment section. People are like, well, easy for you to say you have a nanny. I think people like genuinely overlook like you're watching a kid 24 hours a day. My daughter, Ryu, especially. Like she goes to bed in her bed for two hours and then wakes up in the middle of the night and comes to our bed and then proceeds to like toss and turn at night. Last night she woke up screaming about Play-Doh in her dreams. Like I'm not, you're not getting a break. So even if somebody does, a celebrity has a nanny or has a support, they're still doing a lot of parenting. So I think that this ideal, um, I mean, there's definitely people who do more of it, but yeah, it's hard for all parents. All right. Um, Harb says, a friend in my head. Love your podcast. I love how thoughtful you are in choosing guests. This is a big one. I am at a struggle when it comes to guests right now. I have to do a better job of reaching out to people more consistently. I have a few banked episodes, but um, yeah, there's some big guests who I have been hitting up repeatedly, hoping to land a couple of those. But in the meantime, I just need some other people who are ready, you know, today or in the next couple of months to have a chat. So if there's some people that you can suggest that you think would be great, um, I will try to make it in my schedule where I do a better job at reaching out. But thank you. The ones that I do have, I'm very proud of. La Bubu says, highly recommend. I'm 25 and the conversation has been such an eye opener. I love this podcast. Thank you for that. I really love that. I, I received that. Dr. J24 says, I love the podcast. During my journey as a physician, I often wondered why we spend so little time educating ourselves and our patients about the positive joys of sex, intimacy, and the natural rights of pleasure. Though I initially started listening for my own interests and growth, the podcast has actually aided my ability to communicate with patients about their own pleasure in a way that takes a taboo out of it and makes these conversations feel safe and normal. Thank you for the content and make Thank you for the content you make and the thoughtful conversations you create. Keep going. We'll support. Thank you. This is really beautiful. I'm going to reflect on this one and let it like really sit. I'm going to really ground myself and be present 
um, with this feeling. And I hope that you guys have a positive feeling that you can ground yourself in that launches you into the rest of your week until we chat next time. Bye, lovers. Bye, friends. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, lovers and friends. And I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, I'ma wax that, I'ma tax that Bring it back so you can mac that, pack that Where you going, press play, podcast streaming Got you going all day, talking about the good, good Girl, you know you look good, sex dreaming, sex feeling Understood, yeah, you finding out he no good But if you listen, pay attention, you gon' find out how to make a miss it Got a ticket, baby, you just lovers and friends